welcome to One Season Wonders, a show about the miracles and missteps of forgotten television. I'm your co-host, Jeff Zuschlag. I'm your co-host, Mark Zuschlag. Today we're talking about episode five of the 2011 Fox original series, Terra Nova. Yes, finally. <laughs> finally, episode five. Yeah, I mean, it's been a week, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like ages. Every moment I'm it, apart from these gosh dang dinosaurs. I want to go back. It does. You know what? This episode, the past few episodes have had very few dinosaurs. The it's first, true. First episode had a lot of dinosaurs. Very <laughs> satisfying. This next episode, these next few episodes, fewer dinosaurs. A little disappointing. But this episode does get a little bit delve a little bit deeper into the the wider narrative of the show. So that is it does that is exciting. It does. Yeah, even if the dinosaurs are still kind of used as a like press button to escalate stakes or like <laughs> or press or press button to kill red shirt honestly is kind of hey, used a lot give them credit in the beginning of this episode no there are no red shirts who are killed that's true that's true they don't nobody kill a dies kid. in the first they don't kill a kid they don't kill a kid <laughs> they really restrain themselves the start of this episode you know steven spielberg was just off screen just frothing at the mouth like it's been, it's, it's been 30 seconds in the episode and no one's died yet Blood for the blood god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blood for the blood god. It's me, Steven Spielberg. Why do you think I made Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I was like, what setting can I can I choose that will make the maximum amount of death in the shortest amount of time? D-Day, great. What do you mean I need more movie? That is the movie. Ah, fine. Ah, yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks is sad. The original Saving Private Ryan was just the first 30 minutes of the D-Day ending. <laughs> and the executives are like, great, I can't wait to see when it's finished. And Spielberg and he's was like, like, oh, yeah, right, when it's finished, haha, like, when it's there's, finished, there's more movie. <laughs> I don't know why it makes Spielberg sound like such a gremlin. <laughs> he kind of, I don't know why, but it reminds me of Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street. Does Oscar talk like that? It's been a long time since I've I don't watched it. If he doesn't, Sesame it's Street. how I imagine that he talks. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, back on topic. Back on topic. Uh, so this episode, as you alluded to, does kind of start. Th- we've had a couple one-offs where they're more or less like uh, there's a bit of a narrative through line, but the episode begin with a problem and then resolve the problem, and then that problem doesn't really carry over to the following episodes. Right. This episode finally starts to sort of pluck at those uh, threads that were brought up in the first episode regarding the Sixers and the Terra Nova expedition as like an, an endeavor, an uh, overarching uh, humanitarian is that the right word uh, an, uh, an overarching project basically. a desperate mission yeah 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 as opposed to like an excuse for uh cop dad to, to punch out his wife's uh, ex-boyfriend <laughs> which i mean you it know it's not a bad episode for them to get to that they did. <laughs> i feel like they got, they got, got out of the system, system. Yeah, yep, they're go. like okay yep. Malcolm's back in this episode, and again, he's the voice of reason, but he doesn't he get is, to stick okay, around. But they actually portray him as he has a great line. He, he has does a, an amazing. Line. I'm a, I'm all aboard the Malcolm train. Yeah, guys, it, we're back in it. Despite all, despite the show's best attempts <laughs> to make him look like a sex creep, I am pro Malcolm. Pro Malcolm, because you know what? I'm just gonna say it, he's more interesting than Cop Dad. <laughs> yes. Like even yes. if he's a little bit of a creep as a character, he's more interesting than Cop Dad. We were. Oh yes, I agree. Yeah, totally. Uh, so this episode, I, th- I think I'm predicting cause we always like chat a little bit before we start recording about kind of our overall feelings. I think we might have a bit of a split with this episode. A little bit of disagreement. I think it happened in the same, at the same time. I think it's going to be a tradition. It's going to hit episode five of whatever series <laughs> we're on and we're going to have a disagreement and Is we the record point? enough seasons of this show yeah. 
and sooner or later we're no longer brothers. That's my <laughs> that's my prediction. We're gonna hit every every fifth episode pulls us slowly like <laughs> slowly further and apart. further apart. Yeah, soon soon we're we're at Christmas together and we're like <laughs> we're trying to just have a civil conversation, but it's like how the fuck could you not think episode five was genius, man? How could you not think that? I can't get over it. No, mom, I can't. I'm not gonna shut up. I'm not gonna shut up, mom. The gravy can wait. We gotta hash this out. Uh, we used to be brothers. Mom, if you're listening, I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry for our future. Uh, for, for our future Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, sorry for ruining future Christmas. But uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of future Christmas, Terra Nova. Terra Nova. Shall we? Future shall we? Past Christmas. <laughs> oh man, we're in we're in so many. Le- Dude, there okay, better be there better be a Thanksgiving episode. I swear to God. There better Fucking, be one. I can see there definitely being there better a be one, episode. and there, it has to be a joke of like, "There's no turkey, but we have this whatever Saurus Rex," and everybody laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turkosaurus Rex. Turkosaurus Rex. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Or, anyway, or Nova. Or wait, I'm, I'm just I'm already writing the scene in my head. <laughs> Cop Dad has to explain if Santa exists in like prehistoric times. Oh my god! To his daughter, yes. he's like, "Well, Santa has a time portal too. How else do you think he can hit all the houses and such?" <laughs> Uh, I'm already writing it in my head. We but he stop. doesn't have reindeer. He has something Roris Rex, right, Turkosaurus right, right. Rexes. <laughs> <laughs> he has those uh, those uh, horny birds from episode right, two. Right, right. Episode three, of them. <laughs> uh, anyway, so episode five, uh, as, as you mentioned, does not begin classically by killing off an extra no. via dinosaur. No blood. Uh, instead, it starts with a uh, patrol finding something, but this time it's a little girl running through the Ooh. jungle. What? What's going on? What? Uh, she's alone. God. Everyone's very confused. And she's a Neanderthal. Oh my God! <laughs> Humans were around when they were dinosaurs. That's the big reveal. It's the twist. Oh my God! Turns out the fundamentalists Anthropology were true. has been wrong for or yeah. archaeology. Paleontology has been wrong this whole yeah, time. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor comes in. And he's like, "We found uh, remnants of Noah's Ark uh, in, the, <laughs> in the basin." <laughs> I you found these weird? weird-looking stone tablets, but it looks like science. <laughs> I don't give a shit. And then he breaks some, one of them in half. <laughs> some kind of some kind of commandments or something. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm the commander. I'm the law. I'm the law. <laughs> now someone put out that burning bush. It's giving me a headache. <laughs> See, we're still talking about the Bible. Still talking about. Still talking For all about you kings. fans out there who suck around, <laughs> we're like, yeah, I love their Kings episodes, but man, this new Terra Nova is hardly giving them an excuse to talk about the Bible. Bible. Well, we're back we at it, it, baby. We brought it in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, can't even get through one scene without going on a tangent. <laughs> uh, so they uh, take her into Terra Nova, ter- the Terra Nova forces, take her into uh, their infirmary, and we have a very funny comedically timed line where a scientist says, this won't hurt one bit, and then the little girl fucking kneecaps them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is like, another like great scene of like... Uh, it's like kid children are not this agile and hard to catch. No. So they have it's it's like it's like how when you have like an actor who can't actually do the stunts, so then like the action scenes look really like cut and weird. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the same thing, but it's because a child like isn't right, that right. hard to catch. <laughs> right, right. A child is not gonna pri- an eight year old girl is probably an eight year old very like skinny uh girl is not going to like take out Right, <laughs> a full-grown right. adult. It's a great scene. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's very funny. Uh, it's very funny. So she's acting like really scared and almost like feral, which is kind of a thing they sort of maintain, but kind of drop. There's a lot of weird coding going I, on I this do, episode. Honestly, I really want to. I do want to talk about her as a character because yeah. um, eventually we can get yeah, to the yeah. episode. But I do just want to drop this. A lot of times. Um, 
the problem with having children as characters is not necessarily like the acting. Yeah. It's the writing. Like yes, writers just 100%. don't understand how to write for like children characters. And I think right. this is like a textbook case of like it, it, she's just all over the place basically. She is, can't she decide really what they want it how they want her to act basically. Yeah. She doesn't have really a formed psychology, which like right. eight year olds aren't fully formed technically, but they have you know, personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're more than just like a bundle of fight or flight instincts that will yeah. occasionally do something cute. Or just kind of what we get like wisdom or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Moments of clarity in between acting like a sociopath. Right. Um, anyway, so she is acting all over the place, although partially because I don't know how much of this ends up being an act or not, but it's like clear that she's been through some shit. Yeah. Um, and the uh, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Moss, a.k.a. Science Mom, uh, finally tries to talk her down gets her to reveal that her name is Leah Marcos and that her parents are dead. Probably some red shirts who were killed in other episodes that we never get to see. <laughs> uh, I think like a slasher, a slasher killed one of them. I don't remember what happened to the other. It doesn't really matter. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned the other. Unless it becomes some huge twist later. Yeah. Um, so she, I was a little confused with her backstory because she mentions coming from New Texas. And like the portal. Which, yeah, yeah gonna, which I, I couldn't tell if New Texas was a different camp or if it is in the future there is New Texas. Like this is the problem when you're using sci-fi names to like reference what is supposed yeah. to be familiar to us is I honestly can't tell where New Texas is located. Yeah. Uh, but essentially it's her story that the reason that she was out on her own was because she was looking for the portal because she wants to go back to where her Nana is because uh, it's implied that things have been kind of rough for her wherever she came right. from and she recognizes commander taylor and says that he's the bad man the bad and man taylor gives her a very steely glare which is like you're not helping your case my dude <laughs> who are you calling the bad yeah. man i'm so <laughs> nice call me the bad man one more time call one more goddamn one time. time takes out a knife like steps it into the <laughs> table what are you gonna do with the why do you have a knife <laughs> the fuck did you say to me you little bitch i'll help you know that i graduated from, the t- from my top school <laughs> Maybe see him. Yeah, he goes back to like his Somalia flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know who else called me a bad man? The Somalis back in 2042 or whatever. Usually the people who call me bad men, it's the last thing they say. (laughs) Uh, But he actually recognizes her and is sort of reveals that she was part of Expedition 6. Ergo, she is a Sixer, or at least comes from the Sixers. A dirty, uh, this, dirty sixer. Camp. A dirty, gosh darn, low Gosh sixer. darn sixer. I tell Even. you. <laughs> um, so she take, gets the news that the portal doesn't go two ways, and she sort of lets slip that, like, things are bad in the sixer camp. Like, she does, yeah. she's really not looking forward to going back, and she was kind of hoping to escape that whole situation. Um, Elizabeth is brokenhearted about this, offers to take her in. Cop Dead is not cool initially with taking in a stray girl he seems really upset about it initially yeah actually he does seem kind of which yeah he's his character is also kind of inconsistent this episode mm-hmm. as well but yeah uh so but taylor thinks it's hunky dory that they get to have the weird feral child so they get the <laughs> weird feral child um and of course they kick the moody teen out of his room and give it to the the little girl Dude, instead this whole scene of like when they introduce the girl Mm-hmm. Basically, in the next scene, like she comes in, it's all awkward introductions. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, is basically like the gist of what happens. Mm-hmm. Dude, this gave me some serious, serious flashbacks. Foster kid flashbacks. Foster kid flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in a way, they they nailed that scene. <laughs> it was some real. They did. Shit. They did. 
to a certain extent, although I mean, like, he, here's like they kind of uh, nailed the awkward energy of it. Although, yeah. like, they are they really lean into the fact that like Leah is acting like the little girl from the ring. Like she is just glaring at everything yeah. with like That's a death true. stare. Um, but I mean, she's whatever. Tired, man. I yeah. guess so. Well, she is because she goes. She she rolls herself up in a blanket and goes straight to bed. And goes straight to bed. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, uh, Lieutenant Washington and a regiment of soldiers have gone out to uh, find the bag that the little girl dropped, and instantly just get. That completely... seems like such an impossible mission. It does. I was thinking that too. I was like, really, y'all gonna comb the jungle for a bit? Be- the jungle, the jungle. Okay. You're gonna find that. But but. That does sound also like something Taylor would do. Like, I need you guys to go out in the jungle, find a bag, <laughs> and his opponents are like, "Are you fucking like? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what?" And he's like, "That's an order." Yeah, I left my gun in a, a next to a tree stump again. You gotta go find it. <laughs> what do you mean a tree stump? Like, do like can you just nah? You know, a tree stump. Tree stump. You know when you cut down a tree and it's just yeah, a, stump? a stump. I put a gun it's, there. That's, that's where my gun we'll is. Get it. You don't get it. The dinosaurs are going to have guns, and then we're fucked. <laughs> we can't let that technology fall into the enemy's hands. Dude. Yes. <laughs> Please. How, how interesting would that be? Yeah. Terranova, if Terranova got listening. a second, <laughs> yeah. If, if Terranova got a second season, I would hope that it's like in this time it's, the dinosaurs have guns. Yes. Uh, but anyway, instead we get um, a a scene of happy, happy family bonding. Leah oh, wait, is wait. now. I'm sorry, I don't know. Oh, sorry, you're right. I skipped over. Yeah, yes. sorry. They get ambushed uh, they get... by the six and captured by six days. Yeah, very easily. Uh, they get boloed. Yeah, uh, they're shitters, dude. This is the best <laughs> that Terranova has to offer. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, this, this action scene actually kind of bugged me because there are some, like, speaking of, like, weirdly cut-together action scenes, this fight keeps oscillating between uh, uh, Washington and the Sixer, the anonymous Sixer who attacks her, before Mira shows up with a gun, which is like, y'all had guns? This whole time? <laughs> Why did it get this far? <laughs> Why are we all bringing knives to a gunfight? Uh, anyway, uh, but she has a, fi- a drag-out uh, fist fight with a sixer, which, despite not being very tense, because there's no way this anonymous sixer is going to kill a named character at, like, at this point in the episode. Also, they're not going to like this. I'm pretty sure this TV show is like TV-14. They're not going to like... TV-PG, even. Oh, TV-PG. Which, yeah, which oh we'll get into God. later, because right, I think that was against straight up murder somebody like yeah. on screen yeah. uh, with but a knife. <laughs> but also, this action scene had this weird thing where like every third cut like broke the 180 rule and was like weirdly disoriented. Yeah. It was so it was strangely like consistently inconsistent where it's like, <laughs> good cut, good cut, good punch, good punch. Where are we? Oh, okay. Good cut. Good cut. Good punch. Good punch. Weren't they just looking? Am oh, okay, I we're drunk? <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> Maybe I'm the one getting punched in the head. <laughs> really visceral in that way. Really puts you into the action. Yeah. Some yeah, real ex- cinema yeah. verite. Violence, violence and action is confusing. <laughs> it's disorienting. War, it's war never changes. <laughs> you, know what doesn't, you know what doesn't subscribe to the 180 degree rule? War, <laughs> right. son. War. <laughs> We didn't have rules of cinematography when we were dude. Nam. Watching these, watching these clumsy action scenes just made me want to watch John Wick. Like any <laughs> any time there's an action sh- scene that is not as good as John Wick, which is like most, <laughs> most of, of them, them. <laughs> I just want to watch John Wick. <laughs> That's my big problem. Like uh, I can't watch action movies an- anymore. Yeah, it's, it's really it's since, not the, Iron raid. Monkey, since the, the raid, the raid, or yeah. John Wick. It's yeah. like why even bother? Um. So anyway, uh, uh, back in the homestead, uh, Leah is being slowly, like, I guess, re-civilized. Uh, she's wearing a yellow dress, 
the show really like is hamming it up at this point. There's like a sweeping musical cue when she comes with the yellow dress. She's like, uh, Elizabeth is like, next time maybe I'll brush your hair. And they're like, why didn't you try that? And she's like, yeah, but she didn't like it. And they all like burst out laughing like it's the funniest like family yeah, banter so line bizarre. ever. And it's like, mm. it's just I don't know. It's for it's, the dads. <laughs> I feel like every dad who has had a daughter has like had that moment where like the daughter doesn't want to brush their hair or something. I don't know. Uh, I'll become a dad, and in a few years I'll let you know. I'll let you know okay. if that seems hilarious. <laughs> report back. Report You're back. really putting really putting a timestamp on that. Like in a few years, like. I mean, you know our mom. Our mom listens to this show. I. <laughs> you're promising. You're promising a lot here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is, for science, <laughs> someone's got to do it. Right, right. No, I get it. I appreciate you you biting the bullet of father. <laughs> so uh, why do you want to have kids, Mark? Well, I saw the TV show once. <laughs> It inspired me. It inspired me. Uh, you know, when they were making it, Steven Spielberg was like, you know, if we can inspire one young man to start a family with this, now <laughs> well, we've done our job, boys. Dude, it all ties back to freaking Saving Private Ryan. Like, <laughs> was it worth it? Was the sacrifice worth it? <laughs> Steven Spielberg sits on a bo- at, a, at a pile of extra corpses, and it's like, you know what? You have to earn this <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so the American flag waving. You, it's a podcast, right, right. so you can't see it, but it's here. There is an American flag building. There is an American right flag waving. It's our Skype call has been interrupted by a building American <laughs> flag. It's very weird. I don't have one. Uh, anyway, so we get our. This is another episode where it's like they have subplots. I feel like almost because they feel obligated to, because there's this other subplot that I'm just gonna sum up again because it like they keep coming back to it, but it means nothing, which is that Elizabeth. <laughs> is it does like no no yes no i agree it's just <laughs> how nihilistic of you yeah well i'm allowed to be when it's true uh but it's that elizabeth is sort of has sort of taken the nerd daughter maddie under her wing as like an apprentice doctor i guess or yeah. like nurse um which we I should just think... hit all the scenes and just get this out of the that's way. what i mean yeah i'm just going to okay. summarize it right. like right now because they keep coming back to it but it's really just one scene done like a couple times and then a wrap up uh also like i don't recall this being a part of maddie's character that she wants to be a doctor did i miss that like she's think, smart dude, but she's kind of smart about everything yeah yeah i guess science bro yeah, uh but her say. mom trains her by just showing her like the gnarliest nastiest wounds she can find which surprised me for pg because like one of the dude's arms is like you can see bone eviscerated yeah <laughs> yeah and he's also very chill about it. He's like, he's like, oh, I got my hand caught in a thresher. Dude, morphine. It's a hell of a drug. Yeah. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> also, like at, like, at that point, that dude's probably been, like, with that wound for a while. <laughs> he's used to it. It seems. He's just like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh, fine, not again. <laughs> I guess it's Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Maddie is repeatedly tries to be a good apprentice, but gets grossed up by the wounds. At the very end, the mom's like, "Guess it's not for her." The, the subplot takes like ten minutes to develop over the course of the episode. That we oh, and the to. the I love this episode actually mostly because the smarmy ass teenage son Dot Josh has like two lines. Yes, both of them yeah, yeah. Being he's a very smarmy ass, and both times, cop dad is just like, shut, shut the fuck up. There's, like, there's a great moment. We're, we're gonna get to it. There's a great <laughs> shot where they really like seem like this is the episode where we're gonna dunk on Josh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so 
Finally, the A-plot kicks in again, and a Sixer Gate crashing party shows up, and they oh, got shit, what up? Lu- uh, uh, Lieutenant Washington and other soldier. They got hostages. Uh, and everyone's getting all keyed up. Everyone's bringing out their guns. Cop Dad asked to borrow a gun from a, a, gun. Sh- from a that soldier, was great. which is very funny. Hey, you got an extra one of those? And he does. Yeah, and he, does. he does. does. <laughs> you seem certified. Okay, you've handled a gun before, I guess. And I keep going, what is his job description again? He's, he's the cop? He's the he's cop. He's the cop. Okay. Dude, it happens later. I don't want to spoil it, but... <laughs> No, I don't want to spoil it. I will get yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're he's, talking he's, about. He's just a cop. That's he's the literally cop. Everybody knows him as a cop. It's incredible. It just keeps <laughs> happening. He's just the cop. The cop. Uh, yeah, Cop Dad started as a joke, but that is actually like the most accurate description of it's who he friend, is, yeah. of his being. Yes. Uh, sort of like how Doom Guy is like a like amalgamation of just energy, like created for a singular purpose thus is cop dad thus is you cop kill dad. cop dad he gets reincarnated another timeline <laughs> as a cop dad but he kills a lot fewer hellspawn that's true. <laughs> cop dad doesn't kill as many hellspawn as the doom guy I'm, alas. I'm still waiting cop dad alas alas um anyway so uh there's a bit of a of a standoff this is something i noticed now that we kind of see an array of sixers because the sixers we've sort of catched like glimpses of but this is them really like presenting in like yeah. full regalia and there's some real like kind of strange tribal coding some real like s- yeah savage civil kind of which i get it you're a broad dr- family drama you gotta i guess kind of paint with a broad brush but there's some weird like all the sixers are like in rags with tattoos and piercings yeah whereas like everyone in terra nova isn't yeah. And the Sixers are all also, like, a lot more eth- ethnically diverse than the uh, Terra Nova people are, which is, like, mm. They have, yeah, I, I think uh, this is where the big divide in our show, where in the brothers comes from. Yeah. I agree, first of all, with that. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, it's not intentional. No, you it's not. You can't get away from it. Yes. Um, and in a certain way of like, it would make sense that like, if there were a rogue band of people in the jungle, they're going to kind of look, they're going to be like in shittier clothes, basically. Right. They're going to yeah. be a little rougher around the edges, but just the whole way it's presented, it's like, that's not, it, it's, it's, it's going into something a little bit deeper. Yeah. Than it's, that. it's, yeah, it's, it's one the of these things where way- like. Sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, I was just going to say, like, I don't, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to write the think piece that Terra Nova is a racist show. <laughs> or, like, that Terra Nova, like, like, I'm sure you could spin up some piece about how it, like, encourages colonialism or whatever. I mean, one, we're too early in the show to really draw a lot of thematic through lines. But, two, like, it's not kind of the soapbox I want to get on. It's just something I noticed that, like, and, yeah. and it happens with, like, everybody. Like, when you are forced to make very quick uh, uh, communications to an audience, you sometimes fall back on certain signifiers tropes, yeah. that come with some weird baggage. And yeah. like specifically again with this scene, it's like it's like the prisoners are are held up with like sticks, sticks and like vine. Yeah. Like it looks right out of like yeah, uh, one of those classic like taming the savage jungle kind of like exchanges. Kipling is that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I agree. I think this is more of a lesson in like. Uh, just being careful with right creation creation because again like it's not like I don't think the show does like somewhat of a good job of having a range of ethnically diverse characters sure um, yeah. especially for I mean this is before 
like even modern you know reawakening of you know like black lives matter and stuff so yes i mean it was yeah it was in in a way um the way that i would defend this show is that i think that they they're partly hamming that up to do the old switcheroo later yeah that's my guess and again i totally agree with you that like by going with the certain like signifiers and signals there's gonna be weird baggage and like it's just like it's it's uh touching a very uh what's the word sensitive like sensitive and ingrained like ideas that right right are within especially like american and european um you know media yeah, yeah. as a whole uh yeah. at the same time uh i'm really hoping that they're partly hamming it up because they want people to sort of make that signifier then do the old switcheroo which in itself also carries some weird baggage yeah but like yeah no i get what you're saying and again like i don't i don't want to ascribe ill intent or be like you know that there was some set design there was some costume designer on set who was like make it more racist (laughs) like i don't think (laughs) like not colonialist enough there's there's not not tribal enough you're savages like i don't think there was anyone doing that per se I just like I'd I'd be remiss not to call it out just because in this scene where you have literally the two sides facing down, it becomes very obvious. I think this is the most blatant, yes, uh, scene so far in the show that really hammers home like, ooh, these are the these are the different people, the wild people, yeah, Yeah, yeah. the savage other is here. Trust them, (laughs) yeah. Um, but despite being carrying a lot of like signifiers of quote unquote savagery, uh, they're actually pretty chill about this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, all things considered, Mira comes out and says, "Hey, we got hostages. You got the little girl, Leah. Uh, let's let's trade." Um, Cop Dad is not having this. He says, "No, you know what? Uh, I know I was kind of miffed about her living with us before, but she's cute in a dress, so I say <laughs> she chooses where uh, she can." she lives and Mira is like, okay. And then Taylor's like, and you have to give up your hostages first. And Mira's like, okay. And it's like, all right, guess this uh, is right. so tense. After so all. this is the beginning of like a bunch of things happen. Where I'm like, this is so dumb, <laughs> but it, it's a great twist. Yeah. 10 out of 10 twist. I can't wait to reveal it. But In a way, we're going to talk Listeners, you're going to have to wait. Yeah. yeah. This has not come yet. You're going to have to wait. We love to tease. We love, yeah. we love to tease. Hello, it's me. It's I know what again. happens. Hello. If you've been, okay, if you've been watching the show with us, then you also know what happens. But if you haven't, right. I know what happens. <laughs> you don't know what happens. Uh, so surprise, surprise, Leah comes out and she wants to stay with the people who bathe more regularly. <laughs> uh, she wants to stay with the good, clean citizens yep. of the town settlement. Yep, she doesn't the, want to go back to No the jungle. Yep. And the clean cut clothes. Yeah, she wants to live in prehistoric suburbia, basically. Which, I mean, who can blame her? It looks lovely. Uh, it actually does. Those houses look nice. <laughs> they look really nice. They're way nicer than my apartment. Yeah, I can't, I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> Terra Nova. Ooh, ooh, it's really, really expensive there, honey. I don't know. Price has been skyrocketing, I mean. Well, so if it's the mole's going to burst, I'm telling you. <laughs> We're going to flip homes in Terra Nova. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 6, Terra no- the Terra Nova housing bubble burst. <laughs> Toxic assets in Terra Nova. Anyway, <laughs> it's the big prehistoric short. Anyway, uh, so the exchange goes down about as you'd expect it. Leah stays, and the Mira is like, "Whatever, I'm a, I'm a peace out." 
And Taylor's like, hey, next time you sixes roll up, uh, we're shooting at you. No questions (laughs) asked. We're just like, man, just chill. Just chill. Bro, Taylor, come on, man. It's me, Mira. (laughs) Pals, come on. Yeah. Uh, So Taylor and Leah have a little bit of a bonding thing, which is this is a scene that is kind of like it becomes more and more obvious as the episode goes on. But Cop Dad is kind of peripheral to a lot of this shit. Yeah. Um. Like this whole scene, he's basically just spectating Taylor and Leah having an interaction, and a lot of yeah. the scenes, it feels like he's just kind of there to observe. Yeah. Um. Which well, we'll get into. I have like a larger like thing to say about okay. Terranova thus far that we'll get into, but just note that that like a lot yeah. of scenes, he's just standing there looking around at stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to get. I want you to get be able to get into it, but I do want to say it goes to you know. Uh, the research they did before we started the series where it's like, this is a show for like the dad. And yeah. as the dad, like you are watching with the other dad, like you are, you're projecting yourself on the cop yeah. dad. Yeah. I mean, totally. Uh, so Leah's really getting a hero's wel- welcome. Now Taylor is bonding with her. Even the guitar salesman rolls up Comes and makes a joke. Like, I remember you. He's like, I'm missing legs. Isn't that hilarious? Have a flower. <laughs> and it's like, I can okay. kind of gel with his character actually. He's fine. It's just kind of funny how, again, it's another example of the show being like, like it, it has a lead foot. It's like everything's tense. Now everything's happy. happy. Now everything's like everybody is happy about Leah now. I was happy about Leah. Okay. <laughs> I felt the emotion of the moment. I teared up a little bit. No shade. No shade. She's finally one of them. Or is yeah. she? Oh, man. Or is she? Or is the, she? T- the twist is coming up. Yeah. Oh, but so so Taylor thinks that this is also an opportunity to find out who the spy is. Because he theorizes, right. hey, the Sixers were real quick to figure out that we had Leah. It's probably because a spy informed them. And also, Leah is a source of intel on the Sixers. So everything's right. coming up Taylor. He's, so he en- he's conniving. Yeah. So he enlists Cop Dad's cop instincts to figure out who could have leaked the intel. Uh, and they eventually land on a man named Stanley, I think. Okay, wait. I think this happens before Stanley. But there's a great scene where this is another like side story yeah. that we shouldn't care about. Actually, we just get we just get it out of the way right now. Okay. It's Mark the soldier boy. Oh, that's right. Uh, comes up hell. to this, cop this dad. goddamn plot line. Okay, we, yeah. Okay, we do have to talk about this plot let's, line. Let's just get out of it. Let's get right, out of the way. Right, I love this scene. First of all, okay. This scene was great. Uh, Soldier Boy comes up to cop dad. He's in the show. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, Mark comes up to cop dad and is like, "I was wondering if I could talk about like to you about your daughter." Yeah. Remember how I was macking on her hardcore in the last episode? Yeah. Apparently, they didn't mean as much as we thought it did. And then, t- and then, cop dad just whirls around and he's like, "You realize that like I have a short temper, a gun, and a license to use it, or something." And, yeah, and I hold grudges. Mark is just speechless, and then Cop Dad just walks away. Walks away. What the fuck? No, Cop Dad. That scene, dude. Cop Dad was trolling. That was so fucking good. But it, clearly, uh, like it went over. Like yes, because Mark is an idiot. Dude, this guy is a shitter. We established this in the previous episodes. This guy is a shitter. Uh, he can't do anything right. This scene was amazing. That's how what I want to do when I'm a dad. Because the other thing is like. If like a boy comes up to me and is like, Oh, I want permission to like marry your daughter, I'm gonna be like, What year is this? Like get out of my face. But, like I'm okay. gonna play up I'm gonna ham up that stereotype. But I think I'm gonna be Cop like that Captain is not self aware enough to challenge no, hyper masculine. He is. He, he is. is. Not. I swear to God. I okay, this is this is actually there's a different argument we're gonna have, but this okay. is actually the argument that tears us apart. <laughs> okay. Dude, in the previous episodes, he it shows that he's totally okay with it. 
and the way that like he just drops this bomb about being like a psychopath basically but then he walks away people but, need to no he walks away because he just he's just like he just trolled the dude but they he don't, trolled he the dude he and then smile, walked away he doesn't laugh he doesn't shake his head there's it's no like so, signifier no, that this... it's such a good troll it's so okay, good it's it, a it, straight it, face it, troll it's a dad troll see this is what i'm saying <laughs> this is why one of us has to become a dad to figure out the humor of the show we just don't get it, dude. Okay, okay, maybe. But okay, so here's the thing: is that <laughs> I agree that Tay, like, I don't think that Cop Dead was actually threatening to shoot this boy. Like, I don't think he's like that psychotic. At the same time, like, what if the, what like he might have just inadvertently ruined his daughter's like chances with this guy because like. He but he was, doesn't. Yeah. But then, but then the guy asks the daughter out. Yeah, That's but what Cop I'm Dead doesn't know that. Cop Dead's still being a dick. No. He's being like a humorous dick, but he's still being a dick. I, like a humorous dick is better than just a normal dick. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Ask I think... all the ladies. Shh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to ask them that. So what do you guys think about so, a dick uh, that dick can or I'm just at like a table just with some friends. And some of them are ladies. I'm just having dinner. And I'm like, so dick or humorous dick? They're like, what? They're like, this is why we don't invite you anymore. Hey, I think oh, this is going to be good. I think they appreciate, you know, some stand up. Fuck you. Dick. Fuck you. Get out of town. Pretty you good. You, you're saying Pretty you're good. not a dad. You are. Pretty God good. damn it. Yes. Which is why I understand this humor. Yeah, okay. I get the humor. This scene uh, was great. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Would troll again. This guy, Mark, is a shitter. He's The daughter is too <laughs> good for him. He needs uh. to. I don't know, get an education or something first. Maybe, I, I mean, I have too many memories of being nervous around, like, significant other's parents. Like, I would totally take that. Like, if uh, – it's such a weird – because, like, there's a power dynamic there and a power balance. And, like, but, uh, Cop Dad saying. is taking advantage of that. Cop Dad is subverting that power balance. But it's not – here's the thing, though. It's, it's, that, like, thing, it's that thing of, like – but satire is only satire if it's distinguishable from the real thing. And in this case, the audience – because keep in mind, Cop Dad doesn't know he's on a TV show. It is just him and this soldier. The audience for this satire, for this subversion, is the soldier. And the soldier clearly is not in on the joke. At that point, you're in a real pose-law situation. Is a shitter. That's what I'm trying to say. But it's not. Like, un- why are you talking to me, soldier? I'm not my like. Do- I'm not my daughter. My daughter's my daughter. Go talk to so- her. Okay. But here's the thing. Getting back to, like, getting back to, like, what year is this? Apparently, this is protocol. Like, this is a tailor-mandated thing that soldiers okay, have to do. We already did term that taylor's the bad guy this is another but cop thing that dad separates... doesn't think that okay yeah this is what separates cop dad from taylor okay. right well that's what i'm saying the scene's brilliant the scene is just great i'm a huge fan viewers point let is, us know i didn't think is, th- i didn't think this was gonna tear us okay. apart though viewers let us know what you think i'm right is <laughs> <laughs> the answer uh also okay so to finish this up this side thing up because again it doesn't matter <laughs> nothing matters we're all gonna die yeah. <laughs> uh he there's another scene where he eventually talks to and like confesses very awkwardly and very soldierly to yeah the to maddie what's the maddie yeah yeah and then they have like a nice little conversation they you know he's yeah. a very empathetic guy but- who will listen to all their problems yeah, but the detail the soldier drops is that Taylor, like, enforces that soldiers must, like, court and okay, then yes. ask permission that from the true. dad. Yeah. And then after that, which, again, like, goes back to, like, it's not that weird for the soldier to assume that in, in a society and a structure that is clearly very patriarchal because it is, yeah. like, there is no, like, 
contingency plan for like what if the dad's not around or like it's very much like you you court the woman you ask the dad for permission and then you take her on like a a, a sanctioned mandated first date and that's yeah. how you like get together um so like it's not like the soldier doesn't have to be a shitter to assume that like cop dad who by all accounts is acting like a soldier and is acting like he's on the up and up about this protocol that like cop dad is rejected cop dad him. has proven time and time again that he does not care about protocol <laughs> I tell uh, you. I guess so. Um, this is this is slight. This is getting into towards the end of the episode, the twist in the episode, and the end of the episode, and where the series is going to lead. And I'm telling you, this was subversion. Uh, okay, I see. I believe dad. you. I believe you that Cop Dad was trying to be funny. But my point is that if you are making a joke, you have a responsibility to your audience. I'm saying the hot soldier is kind of an idiot and is kind of like. <laughs> As you put it, a shitter. But he's not. That was mean. I, I'm sorry, Mark. From one mark to another, that was that was too much. But it is not out of the realm of possibility for him to assume that Cop Dad is familiar with the protocol and is therefore rescind. I guess like he pursues her anyway, so maybe not. But like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the soldier has like been told he's going to get shot if he pursues someone else's daughter in the past. Because apparently, this is the way they do business in in Terra Nova. So. Like okay. I, I agree disagree. that it wasn't agree it disagree. wasn't an intentional threat, but it was a bad joke on the part of Cop Dad. I'll see you at Christmas, Jeff. Okay, I'll all see right. you at Christmas. <laughs> we'll square off. Uh, <laughs> God, anyway, where were we? Um, we're at the twist. We're oh yes, twist. yes. So, oh wait, we've got to talk about Stanley because this is like Malcolm shows up and makes a very good point, oh, which is really right. briefly, yes. Yes. really briefly. So they've narrowed down the possible spies to Stanley, who is, and this is an important detail actually. He is a member of the Sixth Expedition. Not the entire expedition went and became Sixers. Right. Some of them ended up staying in Terra Nova, were investigated and cleared that they weren't like spies or, or nefarious or had ill intent. Yeah. This but is Taylor thinks or McCarthy shit right here. Yeah. So but Taylor thinks ah, you know maybe we were didn't do a good enough job. So let's go harass this dude. <laughs> so they corner Stanley, and he is like visibly uncomfortable and like yeah. not at all cool with being like harangued. By uh, Cop Dad and Taylor for uh, possibly being a spy. And then Malcolm shows up and is like very understanding. Like, guys, what are you doing? Get the like, fuck out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like. Dude, he stands up for his own. He does. Up. He's like, this man like has been working with me. I trust him. Like, if you want to talk to him, come through me. Like, don't just go harassing this dude. Like, do you have a warrant? And they're like, well, uh, or he says something, but he makes a good point. Where no, he's no, like, he said, no, no, no. The line is like. It's not like he has a lawyer here and he makes a point and look at cop Dan and it's like, oh shit. Yeah, he makes a good point, which is like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of due process, process in this. Yeah. yeah. Like he he again, Malcolm acting like the only adult in the room, which is like, oh yeah. Isn't it kind of fucked up how there's like it's basically a military police state? <laughs> like things have worked out so far, so it hasn't really been a problem. Yeah. Dude, this this episode is smarter than you think. It's dropping some subversive vibes, man. I mean, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, but I'm not completely discounting the possibility that Malcolm is going to end up being a Sixer traitor. Because, again, the show seems to kind of want us to right. suspect him to a it's certain fine. degree. It's fine. We'll, we'll, get into the, we'll get into the meat of this, yeah, yeah. this later. Okay. We'll so, this later. anyway, uh, so Malcolm wards them off by raising some very salient points about the legal system, or lack thereof, <laughs> <laughs> in Terra Nova. Surprisingly, logic and reason works on this cop, and they decide to get away. Cue um, the... Uh, the Monty Python reference about uh, swords choosing, you know, leaders of government or whatever it is. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Just because some watery tart throws a so- <laughs> some some watery <laughs> tart throws a sword at you does not an effective system of government. Or yes, whatever. yes, yeah. exactly. Really butchered that quote. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, while they were busy, uh, <laughs> while they were busy uh, uh, exploiting their power as the uh, <laughs> judge, jury, and executioner of this place, uh, it turns out that Leah has snuck out of school. And has stolen something from uh, what used to be Mira's home, but is now just some random couple's place. But Leah has broken in and taken something from their floorboards. Um, they really quickly uh, catch Leah because, again, as you said, eight-year-olds actually, when you're not jump cutting around, they're actually not that hard to catch. <laughs> They've got really stubby legs; like they can't <laughs> run very far. They're not that coordinated. <laughs> no. Um, so it's they 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 catch her and they get what she stole, which is some sort of really high-tech looking container of some sort. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like a snake leather uh, purse. Yeah, but it glows blue as well. But it glows blue. Yeah, um, it's pretty so, cool. <laughs> so they they interrogate Leah, who cop dead gets really intense in this, which I mean, I guess you know, cop instincts. But uh, they he interrogate goes her and full she... how to get burned. Yeah, on her. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> Uh, so Leah reveals that she isn't sure what the container does, but that Mira has told her that if she does not steal it and bring it back to the Sixers, her brother is going to get hurt. Dude, uh, we're going to have to ca- start counting secret family members again. We are. Straight up. So she's got a secret brother, and turns out the secret brother is threatened if she doesn't complete the mission. And Taylor is like, throw that child in jail. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you have a brother? <laughs> Put her in prison for me. Yep. Uh, so... Elizabeth is um oh I I wrote a weird note to myself and I was like that's why did I write that <laughs> I wrote shove your face into this pus wound and I was like oh yeah that was another that was yeah scene um skipping that so uh cop dad this doesn't this whole situation doesn't really sit well with cop dad who is starting to question that like look if Mira really is threatening her brother it's not Lyra's fault I don't want to be responsible for a child getting hurt because I didn't investigate this and Taylor's like bah who cares we don't know. Well, in Taylor's defense, like this girl has been lying her butt off yeah, this whole he's time, and he's like, "I'm not gonna send like a one-off like raiding party to try and rescue a brother who may or may not exist and who may or may not be in danger." Like yes. that is a logical, if cold, conclusion to come yeah. to when you're yeah. like the fascist dictator of a colony. <laughs> yeah, I was being glib for uh for brevity's sake, but you're right. Yeah. Like it is there it is not without merit that he yeah. is. I uh, I just want to point this out because the subsequent series of events are really dumb. Yes, they are. <laughs> so uh <laughs> like I was with the show at this point. I was like, oh that's a nice little twist. Like yeah. turns out like the whole thing was an act. That's why the Sixers were being so you know, yeah. blase about the whole thing and why you know, it sort of explained the very strange behavior of the little girl, but didn't right, actually right. explain it. I mean, part of it's just poor writing. Right, but, right, right. Uh, it sort of explained the weird behavior of the girl, and, you know, everything's coming together. But, yeah. But wait, before but we get to the twist, though, I just want to highlight that this is the, the next scene is the moment I'm talking about where Cop Dead is kind of rendezvousing with his family. They're talking about the situation, and Josh keeps making smarmy quips. And so yes. then Cop Dead says, Josh, stop talking, and smiles. And there's a full beat where we cut to a close-up of Josh looking genuinely hurt for like <laughs> 20 seconds. He, he's like, ouch. Uh, it's a great scene. It's Dude, very I'm funny. I'm telling you. The, it's God, very Cop funny. Dad. <laughs> Such a dick, but he's funny. It's funny. We all wanted him to say that. 
We did, but it is funny that the show takes a moment to be like, and it stings. And it's, it's not. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurt. Oh, you need some ice for that burn, Josh. <laughs> hey, Josh, you suck. <laughs> you suck, <laughs> Josh. Everyone hates you. Uh, so they. <laughs> But then the very dumb thing happens, which is that they find that Leah has made one of those classic like child notes that yeah. is how she's sorry about having to do it with a crying, sad face. And they 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 make the they leap to be like, believe, like, they instantly believe like, oh, well, the her brother story must checks be out. real. It's like <laughs> she wouldn't lie with Crayon. <laughs> like she might have this lied to her face. Too adorable to be a lie. <laughs> she drew a sad face with tears, with tears. <laughs> That's not the universal sign for I am a trustworthy individual who is not a double agent. <laughs> I don't know what is. Um, so Cop Dead decides that, you know what? what the times... Soviets did to steal the plans for from the Manhattan Project. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, we're like, we promise we won't steal them. Oh. I'm so sorry. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, the Soviets got the bomb. Oh, man, uh, how did this uh, happen? Oh, oh, they didn't mean it. It's okay, guys. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Sorry for stealing your nuclear secrets. <laughs> Hello, Mr. President. Chris, a, what the hell are you talking about? We're in a cold war now. We're going to build a wall, a Berlin wall. <laughs> Solon, oh, you're kind of freaking me out right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Chris, Jeff, you're uh, acting kind of weird right now. <laughs> I don't appreciate this. Mr. Zincubo, Mr. President. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, this is this is my one my one act play about Khrushchev being a soft boy. <laughs> um, he's just a soft boy who loves communism. Uh, anyway, so Cop Dead decides to go on a solo mission. It goes about as well as you would expect, which is to say, terribly. He gets there's like, one dinosaur. Yep, he gets three That's feet cool. into the jungle, gets yanked up by a trap. There's one dinosaur that like <laughs> tries to eat him. There's a hilarious, almost slapstick comedy scene of him like bobbing and weaving away from this dinosaur. <laughs> Uh, and then he gets s- captured by Sixers. He gets captured by Sixers. Who? But, small thing. Yeah. Small thing. He gets knocked out. Like one solid, classic solid blow. Yep. Takes him out. When he wakes up, he has been beat. Yeah, he has. Like severely. Yeah. <laughs> He's really <laughs> it's injured. Like, it's this weird, like, I don't know if, like, they just... <laughs> Like they didn't realize like what getting hit in the face once looks like, <laughs> or if it was like the, the whole problem is like it's I think it's supposed to signal like he was beat up and then we're at a scene where he it is after he's been yeah, beat up by Sixers, yeah. but because it's just like you can't mess with that trope of like right, right, right. cut to black from getting knocked out, wake up and you're in a new environment. Like you can't. Well, cause they did the be... exact same thing with Washington and it was right. a single hit and she's knocked out. Like she wasn't brutally injured. So yeah, right. you're right. Like it's the implication, just, so the implication that they knocked cop dead unconscious and then like either dragged him to, or just where, beat the shit, or just beat the shit out, out of him. <laughs> cause like we hate cops. Dude, we hate the cops. We hate the cops though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. Uh, makes, no, I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. I'm with, with you. Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, no, for for those who don't know, that's a, a persona, persona five, five reference. reference. Yes. Um, but anyway, uh, so Mira decides that this would be a good time to have a heart to heart with the new cop, the quote unquote new cop, as she refers to him, which implies she was there an old cop? She knows that he's a cop. She knows she's Everyone a cop. Everyone thinks knows that he's a cop. Ugh, and it's the one thing they know about him. It's the one oh thing they won't God. let go. Because he won't amazing. It's I also love the delivery because it's like, it's like a big deal. She's like, so you're yeah. the new cop in the camp, and it's like, 
when did being a, like how is that like the most yeah you're dealing with a military dictator dictator a cop is uh, not that is big he... yeah exactly if anything it's a step down as much as he tries to be a soldier yeah by stealing people's guns <laughs> Uh, anyway, so she Mira rightly calls out that it's very weird that Taylor is so sweet on him. Uh, Jim decides not to think about that. He's really upset about her using kids. Mira says uh, that he was never she, in any real danger. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she does have a brother, but we weren't really gonna hurt him. We just wanted to motivate her, which we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna Mira's plan. Yeah, we're gonna talk about this at the wrap up. So just put a pin on that. Yeah. Uh, so she decides she finally reveals kind of her backstory, which is, yo, just so you know, uh, cause cop dad's like, why do you, why, which is why, why? And Mira's like, okay, so here's the thing. One, Taylor has really his enemies in the future who aren't really happy with what he's doing. Right. Also, Terra Nova is not just a clean slate. It's not a whole like start over thing. It's implied that like maybe it's being used as a way to funnel resources back to the future. Yeah. Something, sort of, something. The future is not uninvolved in Terra Nova. Yes, basically. correct. They're, as they're, much the f- as all the characters have been led to believe. Right. The future has influence. Organizations in the future have influence on what's going on in, in Terra Nova. And not only that, but those organizations have Mira's family. And if she oh, wants no. to see them again, she's got to do their bidding. Um, so, but despite Mira apparently And then being... they found the secret gold that her family had been hiding. <laughs> In exchange for their safety. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. The secret family, secret gold. <laughs> the secret inheritance. Um, anyway, so so despite being ostensibly under the gun by powerful people, Mira decides that she's going to let Cop Dad go. And not only that, but she will let Leah's brother go as well. It's a happy Cop- reunion. Yep. Cop Dad returns despite being, despite being a spectator and then a punching bag <laughs> for the episode. He somehow manages to work th- make things work out. Uh, he comes back. Elizabeth has given up on her dreams of making Maddie a doctor, but they have a new. That's all the science you can do, right? Yeah. Besides <laughs> being a doctor? One would think so. Uh, so everyone loves Cop Dad. Leah loves Cop Dad. Everyone's happy. Yay. End of oh, episode. and Cop Dad has a short conversation where Taylor acts. So suspicious. Oh, yeah, he he's acts like, super cagey. Hey, hey uh, did uh, Mira say anything about it? It's like uh, <laughs> fucking asking. It's like when your friend asks, like, after you met up with his ex, like, yeah, how yeah, she's yeah. doing. Or his crush, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his crush, yeah. So uh, did Mira say anything? She you know, about did she me? say anything about I, I, tri- I trimmed my beard? Did she, did she mention that? Did she <laughs> notice? Did she notice me? <laughs> Yo, bro, did Mira notice? I've been lifting. I've been working real hard. <laughs> did she say anything? Look, I know you're really buff. I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> shirtless that one time. Anyway, point is, I I, I want to be like I want to I want to get right, to right. that. I want them gains, bro. Can you teach me about them gains? Uh, yeah, he acts super like, suspicious about his yes. meeting with Mira, and also like strangely chill. That cop dad is like, yeah, she just let me go, and totally not a it's little so bit convinced weird. that yeah. uh, you know they're the good guys in the end. Which should so, lead us to our conversation. Our conversation. Okay, so we got to talk about this. So, I mean, do you want to go first, or should I? Should I, kind of give my my thesis for this episode? Um, I don't care. <laughs> you want to okay. do it on coin toss? So, so, uh, you know what? Why don't, why don't you go first? Because I feel like okay. I've, I've been doing okay. a lot of talking. So, why don't you go ahead and tell me what you think? I've made too many dick jokes. I don't know if I should be <laughs> talking. Uh, anyway, and no. here's another. It's in here. Yeah, here's another. Uh, penises. So weird. Am I right? 
Anyway, I'll be here you know, until Wednesday. A family uh, is a lot like a penis. <laughs> it seems simple on the outside, but there's a lot of working parts involved. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, so I we again, as we said before, we do talk a little bit before the episode just to get each other's take and see how we want, um, you know, just to get the general feel of like what what the podcast is going to be about. Yeah. Uh, and this one is different than the previous two in that it's revealed the, the show has revealed more of its hand of like where it wants to take the show, yeah, sort of themes it wants to play with, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, for the most part, am okay with this episode, and it's sort of going in the in the direction that I expect it to be going. Um, and I think a lot of the problems that you will go that you will state, uh-huh. I. I actually do believe that they are they're balancing a very delicate line. Yes. Because they don't want to reveal too quickly that like so overall thesis, one thing that I think we both agree on is that Taylor is gonna be super evil. Oh yeah. And the Sixers are gonna be like not that bad or like semi good guys. Yeah. They're gonna need the Sixers help to defeat the big bad evil that is Taylor in uh-huh. whatever way that is. We both agree on that, right? In, yeah, in yeah, some way. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so for me, this episode I think does a, it has to toe a fine line because it doesn't want to give up its hand. It's still a network television show. It has to appeal to a very broad base, and I don't think it can. It can't quite. There's not enough to show that the Sixers are good people on like an ideological on a like moral ground. Yeah, it needs like a quick primer of like the Sixers are like you and me, man. Like they're yeah. just people, man, with their own problems. And so I wasn't that offended by the fact that she has a secret family somewhere. Uh-huh. It's a tired trope, and we're gonna keep seeing it. I assume in every single series that we do with One Season Wonders because it's a very easy way to immediately give motivation to a character and also yeah. just, like humanize the character. Uh, but I was sort of okay with it because right now the only thing that they need to do is like hint that Sixers are just people and that Taylor is like a little weird. Yeah. Something weird going on with Taylor. And I think that these episodes did a good job with that. And I also think that there's going to be further twists of where I, like American TV shows in particular love redemption. Yes. I think that um, the leader of the Sixers, I'm terrible with names. Mira. Mila? Mira. 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 Close. Mira is get, Mira's arc is going to be a redemption story. That's my prediction. Yeah. And part of that redemption is going to be, even though right now she's fighting it to save her family from the big bad dudes in the future, I think part of it is going to be like a transformation to some more ideological based uh-huh. reason for like being a sixer for fighting against Taylor or whatever. I just don't think that because the show kind of like dwaddled in the, the previous two episodes, there's just not enough setup. Yeah. They just needed a quick, like this person isn't as bad as you think because she has a family to feed and she is also sort of under threat uh, from like some oppressive government as well. So her actions can be somewhat forgivable yeah in a way so like it it's not perfect uh and it a lot like other shows or other ways of doing it i think they could do a lot better job of introducing complexity to the plot and to the relationships between characters but i thought this was like a good first step for the show that it is so 
to to jump off that, I think like I sort of agree with you, but I guess here's where I'm coming from is that is that the experience of watching the show is I am bumping a lot less than I have with Kings or with other bad shows I've watched where like I'm not stopping every like minute and being like, hang on, hmm, or like, hmm, I don't know about that, or like, ugh, ugh, they really kind of whiff that moment or whatever. Like, I'm not, like, my notes are a lot briefer for Terra Nova because I'm not, like, constantly writing down, like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Or, like, <laughs> who, what? Yeah. Or, like, are you sure you want to go there? But, so, like, the broad strokes, it works as I'm watching it. I'm, like, digesting information and I'm seeing it where it's going and it's all very broad and very obvious, but it's very clear and very, like, comfortable in that way. Yeah. At the same time, the moment I stop and think about it, it really starts to fall apart for me mm-hmm. for, for a number of reasons. One of which is I still think there's like this underlying tension where like the show sets itself in a world and uses plot lines that rely a lot on the, th- the real threat of danger and the real threat of consequences. But at the right. same time, the tone it wants to approach these problems and, 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 and uh, uh, scenarios with is one where like, you know, nothing ba- really bad is going to happen. And yeah. the show doesn't doesn't really want you to think that they're actually going to an endangering child. Like they really like even the show. It, it's it's not just that like I as a viewer, apart from watching the show, can intellectually realize that they're not going to kill a kid on TV PG <laughs> uh, show. Even the shows, the way the show. But frames, imagine if they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But but the way that the show frames things and the way that the show treats its characters, the show doesn't even want you to think for a moment. Right. That things are going to go real bad. Yeah. And so there's this underlying friction, and this contributes to the lead foot thing, where the show is constantly, like, has to really quickly try to, like, bamboozle you into thinking there's danger because it can't maintain that tension because the longer it maintains it, the more real it becomes, and right. the show can't have that. So it's playing this really weird game of, of uh, constantly, like, yanking you back and forth so you don't have a moment to, like, get a grip with what's going on. Yeah. And it doesn't always work. And then on top of that, that influences and works with the portrayal of the Sixers. Because I agree, the Sixers are definitely going to become, if not the good guys, at least better guys. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be revealed that Taylor is indeed a bad man and not exactly <laughs> who he says he is. I, I'm sorry, but, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just can't wait until that episode when it's revealed and we're just going to have, we're just going to be like, called it. Like, call it, yeah. We're going to have a field day. I would anyway, be very sorry. disappointed if it turns out he was completely on the up and up. But anyway, but the weird thing is, is that the show is. Again, because of that lead foot, it has this really weird thing where it's like, okay, so Mira doesn't actually have a ruthless bone in her body, as we see. Because if she did, like, it really wouldn't matter if she killed Cop Dad. Like, let's be right. real here. Cop Dad has been a constant thorn in her side. She, he's infiltrated their camp and even, like, makes a point of saying, like, hey, I know where you guys are hiding now. This explains why Taylor can't find you. I'm now, like, a liability. Like, I have <laughs> intel on you. I've spoken with you. Like, yeah. I have a general idea of what the layout of your base is, the general location of where, like, your lines are because I got caught in a trap. Like, he is a threat, and if Mira had even the slightest inkling of ruthlessness and the slightest, like, desire to run a tight ship, she would have executed Cop Dad or at least held him hostage and exchanged him. Yeah. But she didn't. Like, the show wants us to know that she isn't actually bad, and so she not only releases Cop Dad, but she co- concedes another, like, pawn that she had or another like bit of leverage that she had which is she gives up the boy as well right yeah here's the problem with that mira is not ruthless enough to execute cop dad who yeah. by all accounts had it coming like let's be real here 
He tried a one-man solo <laughs> infiltration mission to hostile territory. He got caught. Generally, you don't just walk away from that. Like, I didn't make the rules of war. This is all I'm saying. But she is ruthless enough to send a child running through the jungle alone. She is ruthless enough to make a child put herself in harm's way and sit around a bunch of people with guns and a man who she knows is an evil fascistic dictator who has been known to do, I'm guessing, questionable shit. She yeah. is ruthless enough to abuse that child to the point where the child does seem like like Leah is not a happy kid. And on top of that, she believes Mira when Mira says that she'll hurt her brother. So it's yeah. this weird thing where like Mira has, it, it's not that the show is, uh, the, the show because it only has two modes, like extreme danger and extreme like nicety, Mira herself oscillates between those two methods where she is yeah. at once ex- ruthless enough to take some pretty harsh, like abusive tax for a child but the moment she has like a more justifiable like streak of ruthlessness that she could execute on, it's it's the kid gloves all of a sudden again. And so it's this weird thing where like I want to like what they're doing with Mira because I agree it's the the quote unquote right choice for her character and for the story, but it's not making sense to me because she like it's just so inconsistent, uh, because the show can't to walk this balance, the show is choosing to just oscillate between the two extremes. Yeah. I I, I actually so I agree with you for the most part. I think part of the problem, um, and we said we we're going to talk about this, and this actually ties in perfectly for me, is I think part of the problem is that the the writing for the child character is just not very good. No. It is just wildly inconsistent, and it's hard to tell. Um, and maybe this goes into your bigger point of, like, you know, it can't decide if it wants to be totally ruthless or totally happy. Like, people are good, sort of camp sort of view of like the world where like it can't decide if the child is like smarter than her age and is infiltrating the camp uh and like if everything basically is a setup right uh or if like she actually like did not have enough food to eat or right was actually abused by the sixers or whatever and because it like I, I think it's supposed to be that, you know, all those things actually happen. Like, she was in actual yeah. danger with the Sixers and stuff. But because the writing is just so wildly inconsistent with this character, it just makes it really hard to tell. Yes. Um, and while it's true that, like, this uh, Mira character, she has to – her character does go between – you know, the ruthlessness of using children's soldiers, basically, children's yeah. spies, and the ability to just let cop dad go along with the younger brother. I I guess I'm a little more forgiving just because I feel like this is a case of um, constraints driving creativity. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always turn out well, but when they're making the show they've been told that this has to be like a family friendly yeah comedy and it sort of goes back to what we were talking about before where like we're like oh man like they have all these really cool potential like science fiction tropes like they could really play with and get like super dark and like really question things and they they just can't like they always yeah. it always go back to like that family comedy type of thing um i think it suffers from that i think that's partly why it oscillates so hard as you were saying because it has to keep up that family drama mm-hmm. and you can't do that when like people are being murdered basically <laughs> um 
Yeah, Maddie, Maddie and Hot Soldier's flirtation really just stops mattering as soon as like a <laughs> child dies in the jungle, you know? Right, exactly. That being said, so that being said, I think with the sort of constraints that they have, I overall, I like the direction that it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense that I think it would be really easy to go the route of like, it's a family in a colony with dinosaurs and they're just trying to survive, and they're the bad people, and they're the good people who are civilized, and the bad people are uncivilized, blah, blah, blah. And so at least they're using, like, a lot of these stereotypes and tropes for good, I guess, or, like, at least to, like, do a more well-rounded story about people in general. Does that make sense? I, I guess. Like, I, I think with the family drama constraints that are put on them it's very easy to go with black and white good and evil and in some ways they do and i'm guessing that as the series goes on you know the characters who are going to become evil will become more evil and the characters mm-hmm. who are good will become more good i'm not saying it's like that complex of a plot yeah i'm just saying like some of the one at least the clumsiness is very clear <laughs> as in <laughs> like true, it's yeah. very easy to understand what's going on yeah uh even if it doesn't make that much sense like we you kind of buy into it just because it's like it just it just slaps you in the face sure it's digestible what's, what's happening it's digestible yeah and the other thing is within the constraints of the genre that they have sort of forced themselves into at least they're doing something <laughs> yeah and, and and i and it has potential for doing something that could be interesting that could lead to like yeah. actual character moments and to me so to me like the fact that it's, uh, it's sort of oscillating between the two i think is a symptom of like they have to stick with this family drama like thing that they've already built up and they can't quite shift all the way to the more like political whatever drama that they want to bring up so they have to do it somewhere in the middle and that middle is kind of uncomfortable but at least but it means that they're transitioning to something better and more interesting i i, I hope so i guess i'm just play around with I, I guess maybe like my my reluctance to embrace this fully comes from my disappointment just because this was i think from previous episodes i've mentioned that this was like the plot line i was most excited for. right it's like yes great there is like some complication and there is some challenging in this show besides can we survive with dinosaurs it's more can we survive with ourselves which again is not admittedly a, a, the most original spin on the premise right. but does give you a little something more to chew on. Yeah. And when it's revealed that the way they convey that is by making the sixer, sixer also have her family taken hostage, which really, like, she should know better than to tell a little girl that, <laughs> like, her brother's in danger. Because, like, lady, that's they're doing that with your family right now. Yeah. Like, you should be more yeah. sympathetic. And the fact that they use that twice, like, back to back in an episode where it's like, it turns out it wasn't her family in danger. It was my family in danger. <laughs> it's just like. It's a very it, it, it reads as a cheat as like a we need to really quickly make her sympathetic, which again, yeah. I'm sympathetic to the writers need to do that because as you put it, they are very constrained with the genre and sort of mandate they've been given for yeah. the show. At the same time, using it twice in the same episode, like almost back to back as like a way of divining motivation and not providing. I, they'll probably get more into this later, but not providing more of a ideological reason, which I think is more interesting yeah. for the Sixers to be opposed to. Because like not all of the Sixers families are held hostage, I assume. <laughs> Maybe. So like, <laughs> so like clearly they have some sort of beef that goes beyond that. that yeah. We'll probably get into. But this was like the episode where I was most excited for things to finally start popping off. And mm-hmm. the way it happened felt more like a whimper than a bang. And it, it might develop more, but I was left kind of like, uh, 
not a terrible episode, but not as as good as I was hoping for. I guess. What it sounds like to me is that I am far more empathetic to the creators <laughs> of this show, and you are yeah, an yeah. asshole critic who mm-hmm. doesn't care about writers' lives or livelihood. Yeah, that's me. And will do anything for the sweet. Ah, sweet they're lazy. They're all lazy. How hard? How hard could it be to put words on paper? I do it all the time. <laughs> called my diary ha. <laughs> uh you can read excerpts of his diary if you uh Wait, donate no. to our patreon <laughs> Wait, i didn't agree to that i didn't agree to that incentive <laughs> uh but yeah so i i think, I think it's a good yeah i i see where you're coming from and I weirdly empathize. enough we're gonna be we're gonna have more fights about <laughs> if cop dad was right to res <laughs> the hot soldier than we are about like the thematic thrust of this episode uh. like <laughs> when it comes to discussing like the uh, the ideologies on display we're like oh you know what i don't quite agree but i see your point but when it comes to like is it cool for this character to shit on this other character we're like no hot soldier is a sweet boy just trying to do his best you leave him alone no, hot boy is a shitter <laughs> who needs to shape up and deserves whatever dickish response that he gets. Good. All right. Well, I, th- I think that's a good note to leave it on. We'll continue that debate, I'm sure, <laughs> as the series goes on. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for sticking with us through another episode. We'll be tackling episode six next. We're almost to the halfway point yeah, of the season. Exciting. Um, so as always, we are One Season Wonders. You can find us on all the socials. At one, the numeral one, Season Wonders. So that's like, don't, not O N E, just the number one, Season Wonders. On Twitter, on Facebook, Gmail, one season wonders at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to reach out to us if you like our show. We'd love for you to leave us a little review on the Apple Podcast page to let people know that, hey, uh, they still talk about the Bible. So if you want that, <laughs> it's there. Uh, just let our, our viewers know that that'd be great. Uh, let us know where you sit on the uh, cop dad versus hot soldier divide. <laughs> it's the debate for a, for our time. Team cop dad. <laughs> <laughs> Team hot soldier. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, and and thanks for sticking around, and uh, we'll see you on the next expedition. So, uh, yep. any, anything else you you want to interject, bro? No, I'm I'm uh, our the thematic argument that we are having currently. I'm interested to see it unfold in the next few episodes. See yes. what. Yeah, I think we can. But I think we both. The one thing we both agreed is in is that it was sort of clumsily done. This episode. I'm yes. Interested to see if they can recover from that. Yes. And you know, see what they can do. Agreed. See if my hope is well founded. I guess. Yes. I <laughs> yes. uh, will see. But uh, as always, uh, this has been one season wonders. I've been your co-host Jeff Zuschlag. I've been your co-host Mark Zuschlag. And we are tuning out. Goodbye. Liz Heron, host of Do the Damn Thing, the podcast that is all about inspiring and motivating you to do the damn thing, whatever your thing may be. Whether it's asking for a raise at work, training for a marathon, finally getting your house organized, or pursuing your passion project, this show will provide you with real-world, tangible tips and inspiration to get you off the couch and on your way to trying something new, facing your fears, or realizing your dreams. Tune in each Thursday on Campfire Media, or look for it in your favorite listening app. Campfire.